0: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Long Live Rock and Roll Podcast. You're here with myself, Laz and Felipe to my right. How's it going man? All good, hello everyone. We are in Exeter, we're ready to play a show um, on the way down to Cornwall tomorrow I believe. So we're just at a halfway point stopping off um, for the Friday night. Going to go out for some drinks after we do this. So yeah, should be nice and fun.
1: Yeah, it will be fun.
0: Excellent. Right, today's episode is an album specific episode and for once... For once, so far in 14 episodes, we are doing a true rock and roll album. Rock and roll, <laughs> yeah.
1: not hard rock, not classic not, rock. Not
0: classic rock, not hard yeah. rock that we are putting a spin on being as rock and roll. This is as rock f- and roll as it gets. Proper we are doing, roll. I mean, arguably we are doing the first out and out rock and roll album ever ever. We are doing Elvis Presley's first album, which is titled Elvis Presley, um, which is just, yeah, fantastic album. I mean, I can't wait to get stuck into it. Um, I'll start off as usual with the, with the last fact. Um, the album's called Elvis Presley. The artist is Elvis Presley. Um, it was released in mid-March 1956. Um,
1: What do you want to do first? I mean, should we talk about the history of the album or do you want to get stuck into the songs? Well, do you know what? I want to talk about uh, my impressions about this album. Go for it. Let's do it. I want to hear about yours. We've
0: Uh, done it it a little differently this time, which we're quite excited about. Because Felipe's listened... We've both listened to the album, obviously. But Felipe's listened to it with his musical hat on. So when he talks about songs, he's going to talk about some musical aspects of it. And I have done a shitload of research on everything that led up to the recording and the release of the album. So it should be quite a nice dynamic to this. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's see what
1: what sort of information we got here. But um, the the, the one thing I notice a lot in his album is you can hear Elvis' acoustic guitar playing quite loud in the mix. So it is, in a certain way, a proper solo act album. So you got his acoustic guitar and his vocals. And I would dare to say if you remove everything else, it would still sound good. It would be a a bit like Robert Johnson kind of thing. Obviously, the band makes a huge difference, and it wouldn't be as rock and roll uh, without the proper arrangements. But... You so can you... hear the power of the compositions, you can hear the power of the song, by just listening to his acoustic guitar and vocals, and they're quite evident in the recording. So yeah.
0: so do you think the band made this album better, or just changed it in a sense? It made it
1: better, yeah, yeah. and it enhanced the, the vibe of yeah. the, the acoustic guitar and vocals, but you still have the acoustic guitar. As a rhythm instrument, yeah. rhythmic instrument that he uh, played, was playing. Himself. Yeah, played quite in a in a, in a in a you know played pretty much like a percussion yeah. instrument. Yeah, his right hand's really strong in the album. You can hear this is mashing the guitar and singing. So yeah, so Elvis was a good musician as well. We got to remember that. Mm-hmm. You know, he had perfect control of his vocal uh, uh, range and his vocal technique, and he could play the guitar well enough to groove with the band so that is that's one thing uh one thing that for me is remarkable is the arrangements are simple like what we're talking about yeah. is like yeah there is a band they're great musicians they do a great job but they do not get in the way of the main thing which is elvis's vocals mm. yeah. more than anything else uh the guitar solos are really short all of them well played all creative i don't know if all on a, electric
0: guitar as well electric
1: guitar and uh you but you they're really short it's, it's uh, and he, you can hear right there on Elvis first album his main vocal characteristics you know some vibratos and some the way he, he, he keeps the, the notes going for a bit longer um, and yeah and dynamics as well I think his vocals get yes. got loads yeah. of dynamics this is probably one of the reasons why he communicates so well with with the audience at the time, specifically with female audiences as well, it's like he's talking in your ears, mm. he's whispering, and then he shouts, yeah. and then he gets back to that whisper. So it's so he it's, does what the song needs him to do exactly. He, he you know goes along with the song, and sometimes you know, the song is like a minute and a half, two minutes long. Yeah, and short. he does all of that. He uses. All those uh, resources that he had as hey, a singer, disposal,
0: yeah. yeah. Interesting, you said something about the song length. I mean, the whole album length is it's twenty eight minutes and three seconds long. That's a short album, but yeah. I think that's kind of to be spe- to be expected in the nineteen fifties. You know, albums were shorter back then. I don't think they'd learn how oh, yeah, to yeah. press so much onto vinyl. They hadn't sort of had the technology to be able to make an EP. Yes, yeah. so th-
1: there's nothing uh, uh there's no innovation in terms of uh, uh keeping Technology. the songs short and okay, sweet. Right. because yeah. everyone was doing that at the time i see but yeah. the thing is following that format uh, how how can you deliver so much with so little time how mm. long is the whole album you probably got there. yeah 28 minutes 28 minutes that's so, yeah, yeah. It. the whole album the whole album's album. 28 minutes so yeah. that's
0: it and there's, there's 12 so tracks i there. think which is about an average of to two minutes 20 per song
1: yeah well there <laughs> you go. Long. Yeah, exactly. it's, it's funny because I'm, I'm familiar with loads of Elvis's songs and I, I'm, I'm a, I am consider myself a fan without, even without knowing that much about
0: yeah.
1: uh, um, about every single album yeah, right yeah. so it's the first time I guess I, I've actually listened to this album carefully start to finish and as soon as I finished I was like I want to listen to it again and again so I was kind yeah. of you know, listen to some
0: songs I think it's really interesting with people like Elvis You've got to remember the amount of albums he'd released and the amount of soundtracks that he did for movies. It almost became—I don't want to say impossible—to listen to an album, but if you say Elvis, you know the hits. You know yeah. Jailhouse Rock. You know Heartbreak Hotel. You know Blue Suede Shoes. You know yeah. Suspicious Minds. I don't think many people could tell you which albums they're on because mm. they're part of his great that's, hits. That's
1: what, that's what I'm thinking. You know, like uh, so, I didn't know uh, uh, that uh, um, some of those songs were. Already in his first album, yeah. so many hits yeah. right away. How he was so young at the time, and you look. at... The other thing uh, we must mention is the, the the album cover. That's iconic, yeah. And it's being emulated by the Clash, isn't it? Uh, yeah, London, London Calling. calling. Yeah. So so two iconic uh, album covers, which are the same, yeah. <laughs> but much. one
0: was definitely done based on the
1: other. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, exactly. Elvis did that, and the Clash. They were like, okay, we're gonna do a, a almost like a piss take of that. Yeah, so, yeah. But it is, what it is But it's so iconic that uh, you look at that cover and there's not much to it it's a a black and white picture of him and yeah and you can see a live
0: a live photo
1: so yeah and it's him playing live and with his mouth open like he's shouting the chorus or something there was never a piece of art like that before there was
0: never an album cover that looked like that (laughs) exactly and
1: it's like it's it's almost uh um it's you know it's almost hard rock for the time for that well, I so suppose the standards all the time. You I see,
0: so at the time, this would be a good, good place to talk about some of the history of it. At the time, rock and roll was still mainly being played by black people. Yeah. And so because of that, because of the segregation in society at that at those times, it wasn't chart-topping. I black see, black you, people you want, playing rock and they roll needed, were not They needed a kind of a
1: wide face to sell more, to be well, commercially acceptable. Yeah, but, but jazz and, and big time. band
0: yeah. music was still... Well, Chart topping at those times, you know. and,
1: yeah, and it's it, it happened. Uh, the same thing happened with jazz before it happened with rock, which yeah. is uh, black artists wouldn't get to the top of the charts even if their music was way yeah. superior than the, the white guys. And some of the white bands, like hundred percent white bands, would do the same songs and yeah. they would make it to the top of the charts. The industry wasn't uh, 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 prepared to to accept everyone, and and people were not like were not doing it right. I mean, mm. it's like. How can you? How can you possibly imagine? You know, in this day and age, because I think we got to a point in in the music industry that you have a big diversity of people from all over the world, uh, uh, you know, being successful, which. It wasn't the case at the time. So do you think they were looking for a white face for black music? Is that what you That's think? Actually,
0: yeah, it's really interesting you say that because I actually watched the Classic Albums episode of this album uh, on my on TV yesterday. And what I'd learned and what I had no idea before is one of two things. One, Elvis was born into poverty He had a very, very poor family. Um, He he himself was poor. He couldn't even afford music to listen to. He could only ever listen to music through the radio. So the music he was listening to was a lot of black rock and roll. And the second thing that I didn't know about Elvis was how much time he spent in black communities in Memphis. So he grew up... Actually, I'm sorry, I'm not sure if he grew up, but he spent a lot of time on this road called Beale Street in Memphis. And I believe that is where the producer of this album, Sam Phillips bought the Sun Studios where they recorded the majority of this album. But anyway, Elvis was spending a lot of time in Beale Street and he was encountering the black gospel, the soul music, the R&B that the black community and the black musicians were producing at this so time. So that
1: explains a lot why his it vocal was so gospel and it's so... Yeah, you and know. why
0: his music overall, not just the vocal, yeah. the way he sort of went about playing the songs. And it's really interesting because Sam Phillips, i got a quote here. Sam Phillips, who was the producer and also the owner of Sun Studios at this time, said this. Now, how brilliant is this? If I could find a white boy that could sing like a black man, then I'd have something. Because they knew that would be commercially accepted exactly. and it would
1: be a massive hit. Well, I think people, and, you, like of you course, said, they had. Uh, um, I mean, he wasn't the first, but he was the first uh, uh, white guy to actually get to the top and stay at yeah, the top, like performing that. black music, performing essentially. Black music, Because,
0: yeah. like you said, it happened with jazz, and it happened with blues, and it happened with rock and roll. The black communities and the black musicians—they were pioneering, and innovating these musics. Yeah, but it wasn't but being they were commercially segregated. successful. Yeah. yeah, so it wasn't becoming commercially successful. So people like Sam Phillips, and there's another character here—a guy called Colonel Tom Parker, who was actually Elvis's manager. Yeah, these guys were identifying the fact that do you know what these black musicians—they're onto something with this rock and roll. This is good.
1: But we need to sell it. We need, yeah, we need no to sell it to so the, the, the white no, middle-class but, people. But, but because rap. it was
0: black, in quotation marks. Because it was black, lower-class music, people wouldn't accept it. So it was a massive risk for Elvis to essentially start recording black music. Oh, so that was so that was a massive. It was a huge uh, risk. risk. Let me tell you how much that, of yeah. a risk this was. 1955, Colonel Tom Parker put a thirty-five thousand-dollar price oh, on sh- Elvis's head. Wow, which means sorry that that sounds like it sounds like an assassination, doesn't no. it? Um, yeah. If you wanted to record Elvis at your studio, it would cost you thirty five thousand dollars. Sam Phillips took the punt, paid the thirty five thousand dollars, a
1: lot of money for. for Think about it, in nineteen fifty five, man, thirty
0: five. But again, Colonel Tom Parker, what a businessman! Yeah. He knew what he had in his arsenal. He knew that Elvis regardless of what he did, was going to be successful in some form or another. So Sam Phillips took the punt. Um, I must mention, Elvis had been to Sun studios before in the previous two years. So this album, we'll talk about some of the songs, but a lot of song names that come up with this album are Shake, Rattle and Roll, Heartbreak Hotel, They're the two most famous ones. Heartbreak Hotel would go on to sell 2 million copies, which is about 1,700,000 more than the album would go on to sell because people bought singles in those days. It wasn't essentially normal to buy an album. Singles were what what were popular. Um, So those songs, Shake, Rattle and Roll, um, what was the other one I said, Heartbreak Hotel, those were recorded in between 1954 and 1955 They used them essentially as demos for this album as for what they wanted the sound to be like, but they couldn't match the sound so that's why they're not on the album. So Heartbreak Hotel and Shake, Rattle & Roll, had everything been okay, if, if we were in today's age and you could use technology to you your advantage, have, yes. they'd all be on the album. But the sound was so different. The quality of the microphones they had in 54 and 55 were different than what they got in 56. So they just said, this quality is not up to the standard we want. We'll put these ones out as singles, Shake, Rattle & Roll, Heartbreak Hotel, and we'll do twelve new songs, which is the album we have in front of us. That is
1: amazing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, wow. Yeah. I mean, so and, the, and, and and those two uh, singles were massive. You know. And, yeah, no, as well. Yeah, so he that, had a, he had a great start to his career that
0: introduced people yeah. and kicked start Elvis's career in that sense, if you like. Um, so yeah, I mean, in the in the lead up to the recording, um, Elvis was. I mean, here's a really cool story. Him and his girlfriend at the time. They would be in church on Sundays, and they'd sneak out of their white church to go to the black church and listen to them sing gospel.
1: Again, they were doing their research. Like, like go, <laughs> exactly, that's what we want to do. That's, what that's wanna, it, We want to be part research. of this. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I mean, interesting.
0: After hearing all this, can you believe? I mean, is it? Is it? Does it? You know, it's not very unbelievable that his music sounds gospel, does it?
1: Well, his his vocals are gospel through and through. I mean, yeah. there's no way. Uh, to not compare him to a gospel singer. You know, you can't imagine him singing in the church at all the time, even when he's singing about women and, and, and having fun and whatever, you know. So uh, yeah. it's it's a soulful voice, and it can tell that. And he it doesn't have a massive vocal range. That's what no, I believe is right. quite impressive, is yeah. the way he uses it. It doesn't go really high, you know. So he stays in kind of a low-medium uh, range. I'm not, I'm not going technical about this. I'm just saying you can tell in the album he doesn't go to really, really high notes or anything like that. It's about the expression. It's about the dynamics, the breathing, and, and the yeah. time, the way he plays with the time, and extends some notes. And,
0: but you're right about the vocals know. too. Something that was so seminal about this album was what Elvis did with his vocals, because yeah. obviously you've got to think previously. This is something that the producer said as well. Um He said that in the 40s and 50s, music was about the voice. It was about whoever was singing it. What they wanted to do with this album, they treated Elvis's voice like one of the instruments. Yeah. It is obviously louder than the rest of the instruments yeah. because he's singing the lyrics, but it still fits in so much more with the band.
1: And I believe I believe you can hear the guitar at pretty much the same level. he's acoustic yes, guitar yep. pretty much the so same right, level yeah. as the vocals. And as you said, I mean, there's the electric guitar. That's an important part of the album for me, the, the how clean the instruments sound, even though the quality of the recording is mm. not that good. Uh, for the drums, you can you pretty much can hear the snare and not much else. Yeah. It's the snare keeping the beat and keeping the two and four very strong, very rock and roll. Yeah. Uh, and but the double bass it's it's quite low in the mix because they, they didn't have the technology to kind of boost the bass yeah. as we do now. and there was a double bass which doesn't have any, exactly, any yeah. sustain comparing to. Uh, uh, An electric guitar, electric dielectric bass. If you like to know, but they sound Sorry. clean. They sound yeah. nice and clean. And although... you can make them out. in the Yes, mix. Yeah.
0: yes. Interestingly, um, for anyone who doesn't know how recordings were done in these days, uh, it would literally be a case of trial and error. They would set up the band in one room. Normally, there'd be only one or two microphones about. Um, so they'd have a microphone at the front of the room. Then imagine this picture. This, if you live wherever you're listening from, if you're in your living room, picture this. Put your microphone at one end of the room. Take two steps back and put Elvis and his guitar. Take one step back and put the electric guitar Take another step back, put the double bass, and take two or three more steps back and put the drums.
1: <laughs> Those were the faders, is not it, that's it yeah. in this. <laughs> Instead that's of moving it. up they and said, down, yeah. you put people in different positions. That's so exactly you, what they you, said. They leveled, said the ba- they weren't um,
0: happy with the level of the bass, so they asked him to come forward a bit. That's, <laughs> that's insane. Yeah. Nowadays, obviously,
1: you can do so much with well, the technology. But, uh, big bands, when they recorded that, if you were playing a solo, you would walk... Towards the front of the yes. studio and get close to the microphone. <laughs> so sometimes you can hear a trumpet getting louder because the yeah, solo is starting yeah. and getting quieter when as ends. a musician. <laughs> yeah, so interesting that they, obviously they use the same sort of technique. But uh, as I said, they want obviously they want the vocals to be clear enough, but it's not you know too loud. It's not yeah. much louder than everything else. I think um, uh, before we go through the songs, uh, uh, a couple of things that that I that I consider about uh this album uh, a couple of things that i was thinking about when listening to it is for me nothing in this album is too far from the blues
0: yeah that's 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 it's yeah, I almost think that's, like
1: a commercial blues album more than anything else
0: he's taken the blues and he's stylistically applied yeah. different genres to each song yeah um so there might be one that's a blues ballad there might be one that's kind of uh, more rock and roll, you know. There's, there'll be a doo wop as well,
1: yeah. but it's all based in the blues. Yeah, and and which is sorry, which, which is expected. Yeah, you're yeah, making it's the transition mostly, from one genre yeah, to it's another. Mo- it's mostly blues. You can't. Uh, 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 it, it doesn't. It doesn't go away from 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 the blues too you know. much. But you have elements there of country, of soul, gospel. For me, even though the blues is more evident, the album sums up all american music to that date Wow, yeah i think that's why it's important i don't if people like Elvis or not if think he was the greatest or not but uh, that's a very good statement and i agree it does sum up everything that has been done in american popular music to that date because he's got all those elements there kind of in the background and the blues but even are the yeah
0: thing. even if there isn't an obvious Jazz song in there. I've made notes. You've got, you've the got the some guitar. jazzy guitars. The guitar, yeah, that's why yeah. I made notes of the guitar. Some of the chords they're playing, the rhythms he's playing, the finger plucking he's using is jazzy, man. Yeah, you've
1: you've got got who's on guitar? Who's
0: uh, on who guitar? On guitar is Scotty Moore, right. um, who played with Elvis for a few years. Then on drums is a guy called DJ Fontana. Yes, DJ um,
1: Fontana. I'm not
0: actually sure who's on bass. They didn't interview him in the uh, in the episode. Um, but that was the band for yeah. Elvis's first few years. They were really yeah. tight knit. Um, we should
1: we should add this uh, to the notes at the end of the the episode. You know, we usually leave some links for you guys to. Yeah, on, yeah. When, when uh, I do the description, I'll
0: t- I'll say who's in the band just and, the and maybe to find Google.
1: even whatever the the Wikipedia page for the musicians because it's really good yeah. to look into those guys. And, and if they've done times. any
0: solo music, I'll yeah. put them in the playlist just in case. Yeah, Scotty yeah, Moore's yeah. Done his yeah it's good to
1: do that. Also, um, one more thing I want to say. I mean, uh, there's there's the lyrics, right? i took note about this uh which is one of the titles so i did not forget uh, i'm gonna sit right down and cry over you <laughs> that for me is, is pure teenage love yeah it's naive yeah so you've got that but blue sweet shoes is a bit of like having a laugh isn't it because it's, it's like you know you do whatever but you don't step on my blue suit shoes yeah so there's a bit of comedy it's a bit of humor in there yeah. yeah and you have that naive teenage love and you have a, a more uh, uh, aggressive approach to like, no, I want you as well. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a man, you're a woman, I want you to be with me. So you got different forms of expressing love and you've got a bit of humour, a touch of humour in it. So for me, in that album, uh, Elvis is inviting us all to sing, dance, have a laugh and fall in love. Beautiful. Yeah. That's what the
0: album is. It is, I mean, on every, on every occasion. And what makes this even more interesting is that just so everyone knows, and this is how things were back in those days, Elvis didn't write any of those songs. Yeah. Those songs were all in the charts or from Elvis's childhood. He chose them all.
1: So it's not, it didn't have a... Well, uh,
0: the executives sent a him R. a list. No, yeah. they sent him a list and said, Elvis, here are 10 songs we think might work well for you for this upcoming session. Well, He sent them about, they sent him about five or six lists. And from those lists, he only ever chose one or two songs. And then the rest of the songs he chose because he'd remembered those songs from his childhood or he'd heard them in the charts a few months back and he just wanted to sing them his way.
1: Wow. Isn't that wonderful?
0: He, yeah. got, he got to choose which songs he would cover and do it in his own way,
1: and probably he simply knew all the lyrics by heart and everything. And That's the it, because like we not. said, he
0: was so he was listening yeah. to his radio every day as a teenager.
1: So it, it, it does it. come from the heart, is not it? It's a silly thing to say; it's, it's cheesy, but no, it's you're true. Right. It comes from the heart.
0: This this whole this whole thing all started um, back in 1954 because Elvis did a cover of a black musician called Arthur Crudup, and the song was called "That's All Right." Uh, we'll put Arthur and Elvis's version in the playlist. But what was so important is that the black community had access to this song, Elvis's version of it, and they loved it.
1: So it went down that's, incredibly well. That's how you become the king, isn't it? Because he yeah. made uh uh black music accessible uh, uh to white people, but he also pleased the black community. Yeah. How but the interesting how, thing how is, how do you do that at that yeah. time in 1956? How do you connect those two words? You know, that's it. Uh, how, I mean, that, that's isn't it? The power of music uh, destroying the segregation at the time. He
0: was it? accused of cultural appropriation at that time. At oh, that time, they talked yep. about that. Interesting. Yes, they did. Yeah. But you know, and I think sorry, I think it was the white people who weren't happy.
1: They were not happy for him being too black. Yeah, and singing spe- black people's yeah. songs. Which it's interesting, but that isn't that a it.
0: statement? Because on the album, two of the songs are covers of black musicians. Yeah, he does "Tutti Fruity" by Little Richard and yeah. "I Got a Woman" by Ray Charles.
1: Actually, his version of "Tutti Fruity" is just it's brilliant, so isn't it? Good.
0: But I think I think isn't that a wonderful thing that in that day it's and not, age, it's not where, too
1: different from the
0: original. It's just like yeah. I just want to play the song. But I mean, know? in that day and age, where segregation was such a huge part of everyone's life in America, that Elvis thought well, music's music. Music connects all of us, whether we like it or not. So yeah. I'm not going to be embarrassed or ashamed of to doing cover. what I want to do. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And yeah. cover the songs I want and to sing.
1: And you have two ways of uh, seeing those things. One is like, oh, you want to make a profit out of someone else's uh, uh, culture, or whatever. Or you say... Uh, I'm going to bring their culture into my culture yeah. and, and become one thing, uh, make make it become just one thing and more powerful than it was originally and make it more accessible. So I believe, I mean, in in either way, it doesn't matter what you think. I believe he was doing what he wanted to do and what he believed was the best thing to do. And yeah. he loved that music, yeah. You know, no, that's as I said, true. That's true. Well, I, I was talking about having an A and R for people who don't know what is that. A and R is the department in a, in a record label that's called artist and repertoire. So basically, you have people in a record label. Uh, at, the, at that time, that was even stronger than it is nowadays. You have those people telling the artists what they should record, and yeah. it's like you're not a songwriter. We got these songs from for you, and you got to sing this, you got to sing that. And if Elvis made that you know, uh, made clear his positions and I'm going to sing these songs because these are the ones that I really, mm. I, I I can really feel connected to. So well done.
0: Well, the thing is the producers knew what they had as well. We said this earlier that they knew Elvis was like a star in the making. But whilst Elvis definitely did do it for his love of the music, the producers definitely had some marketing in mind. Um, Sam Phillips said this. Mm. Elvis was the perfect man for the transition for the black person getting a broader reception and to help the white person feel like, hey, we've got a relationship with the black
1: people. So he actually wanted to to make a thing out of that. Yeah. Isn't
0: that incredible? Because it's it's on such a small level. When you think about the politics behind it, it takes a lot more than one album to unite two different ethnicities. Yeah. Especially
1: in America. In America, in the
0: 50s, at those times. But god did this album do it uh, the, yeah. the the reception that it got from both communities was fantastic and essentially do you remember in the first episode we spoke how rock and roll did um bridge the racial uh divides in those times well, i think it was something that both black and white people could connect with that, it had influences of both communities in one form of
1: music and it's interesting because uh the, the music's so powerful. And if you just want to dance to it, you're going to dance to yeah. it. Yeah. You don't care. You don't no. care where it's coming from. Yeah, you, you don't. Care. You're not going to analyze and divide and think about culture and think about the background and think about appropriation. Yeah, and think. you just want to dance and have a good time. Should and I dance so, to this?
0: I'm a white person. and yeah, This song is exactly. written by a black person. No, you yeah, dance, man. Yeah, or music should Music is music.
1: Exactly. You know, oh, that guy doesn't belong to my you know ethnic background, so yeah. I can't dance to his music. No, nah, rubbish, you, rubbish. Your body is going to tell you otherwise. Yeah, you can't. Use, you know, a quick
0: little fact as well. Stop. You know the famous thing Elvis, where he's on his heels and he does the shaking of his yes. legs. Everyone thinks that's uh that he was told to do that or ah I'll get a good reception from doing that in the interview at the end of the episode when all the credits were rolling he says um he goes you know some folks say that I think uh that I do that just to just to get the people all excited but man, when the music flows through me, I just gotta do it so he just, <laughs> his his legs shake the famous the famous video of him shaking his legs and going on his tiptoes and you know moving his whole body. Elvis felt the music flow through him. That's, that's it. it yeah. And he
1: couldn't stop dancing. You know, no, he couldn't. So that's he couldn't. It. So, anyway, is there
0: any songs you want to talk about on the album? Uh, because you know, I mean there's twelve of them. I don't think we have to talk about all well, of them. we can't
1: talk about all of them really. But there's some good ones. Take, yeah, but, Well they're
0: all good, but there's some noticeable ones.
1: Yeah, well there's there's. well I would start with Blues Who so Choose. I mean, if we're following the order of the album, we're gonna skip a few songs. Sure, but that's fine, yeah. Uh what what I think about that that song and uh, what it makes it so important, especially being right at the beginning of the album is the vocal leads the song. Yes, so It's all about yeah. so the main melody, the main riff is is played by the vocals. So there's no room for for any any instrument or anything else to to become not even as important as the vocals. It's all about yeah. the way he's singing it, the way he's playing with the melody. And it's a strong, and as, as I said, that there's 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 loads of humour in there. Yeah, I mean that's that same having a laugh, you know. Don't step on my blue suit shoes, you know. You can do th- anything, yeah, but
0: lay off of those blue shoes, exactly. <laughs> and
1: it's got two elements where I think it's important: is the swing, the shuffle swing for you know all the musicians out there.
0: Anyone who's not a musician, do you want to quickly talk about well, shuffle the swing.
1: Well, basically, when you play um, a straight rhythm is when you can count one and two and three and four and one so I'm tapping here to show that's a straight if you if you swing it uh you're gonna you're gonna increase the gap in a certain point and basically instead of subdividing your beat in two parts, you're subdividing three but you stay you still play two out of those three it's, it's hard to, to explain to actually play so if you play one and two with no swing this is a straight if you swing it one at two at three at four
0: do it. Uh, do it with an underlying four-four beat. So here's the four-four beat: one, one, two. So do straight. So straight.
1: One and two and three and four and shuffle. One, and two, and three, and four. Uh, one, two. So that go. obviously, when he plays fast songs, yeah. So that's a shuffle feel. Shuffle feel is something that you have in jazz and blues mm. more than anything else. Um, and so he's got that element of the blues. Even the really fast songs, you can tell it's it's swung. It's yes, not. Yeah. It's not straight. Most of the songs are swung, and in this song, in particular, you have the starts and stops, which is a big thing. Yes, blues, I had no that as well. Music. Yeah, yeah. Starts start and stops. stops. You know, you sing a you sing a line, and it, when the band stops, and then the band kicks off again, and stops again for you to sing another line, and keeps going. So yeah. that that's a really uh, strong element.
0: Yeah. Brilliant. Um, what's next up? So the next song is "I'm Counting on You," which is actually like almost a complete different end of the rock and roll spectrum, isn't it? It's a, it's, yeah, a, yeah. it's a ballad, and the beautiful, the acoustic guitar is so predominant in that song, and the backing vocals—they're so doo woppy, aren't they? Like just, ah, doo-wah. The BVs, yeah, that's
1: the only song for me that I actually I think I could notice the BVs as something important. I don't yeah, know I agree. if there's any other BVs in the album. I don't I did, think there's yeah. too much. So, no. so it's just like, and that they made a thing out of it, and you can see the gospel influence, which is pretty cool.
0: Absolutely, yeah. And we already mentioned track three, which is I like Got a Woman, which is the Ray Charles cover.
1: Yeah, and important again, let's mention, has a country groove, kind of, you know, it's, 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 It sounds very country to me, the way they play it. And the stops, again, starts and stops. Uh, If you listen to uh, Elmore James, you listen to a song uh, called Talk To Me Baby. And I can clearly hear uh, Elvis's music there, which obviously Elmo James came first. Yeah. So just say Elvis probably borrowed borrowed from him we'll as well. We'll put yeah. that
0: one in the um yeah please do so playlist. yeah yeah
1: talk to me baby because it's all based on starts and stops that one yeah yeah
0: excellent all right after that you wanted to talk a bit about one-sided
1: love affair uh yeah oh yeah that one uh because that that's a that's a different uh different approach because we, we're talking about love songs and when you have the teenage uh approach which is like um, i'm i'm totally in love with you i need to do everything uh to have you with me whatever he's got loads of that in the album uh like desperate for for that girl yeah but in this song it's like you know uh if you want to be kissed you need to kiss me too so it's right. not like it's not one-sided there's not like you got to decide what's going to happen so he's been a bit demanding you know yeah he's 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 saying to that woman, like, I-, "I want you to be with me, but you have got to do some work." You know, it's not. And that's not, it's not me going after you. You, yeah. you need to come after me as well. And that's not know?
0: teenage content. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's adult stuff. Yes, exactly. It's it exactly. So it's more, uh, it's more like, yeah, more like an adult, adult talking, to, yeah, exactly. talking to another. It's like, okay, uh, we want to try to build something here. I don't know if it's just a relationship or, is it, or if it's something that's not going to last, but. It's, it's a two way thing. Yeah, so it's, exactly. it's quite different.
0: Yeah. Uh, the one thing I is. wanted to talk about, One Sided Love Affair, is, and actually this relates to the whole album, is the importance of Elvis's vocals in this album. And we spoke already about how they brought the vocals back and they didn't make it so obvious and so loud. But the vocal tricks and mannerisms that Elvis had learned from previous singers before him, like um, scatting, like I can't even think, you know, I'm not a vocalist. I'd have to ask my wife because she's a vocalist. But it's like, in, in um, let me find it. In one, in one Sided Love Affair, he does that thing where he goes, uh, you've got to love me too, like that. Just little the th- little uh, inflations on the end of the words. And he does and... other bits and pieces throughout the album as well. Okay. Which, and it really is wonderful. I mean, I remember reading as well that with this album... The band had an input as well, which I don't know if you knew that. Oh, I didn't know that. So the name. whole thing was, they probably, let's say for each one song, they probably spent, according to the producer, about an one hour doing each song. And they'd do it over and over again. And apparently Elvis, it, again, it would vary. Sometimes it would be 10 minutes. Sometimes it would be an hour. Sometimes half an hour. Elvis would say, we're in the groove now. I've, I've, I know what I want to do. You guys are playing it at the perfect tempo. I like the feel. Let's do this properly. And so they had these sort of jam sessions for each song so that Elvis would feel at his most comfortable. And that's why I think it's safe to say you are hearing Elvis at his most comfortable and therefore performing at his best.
1: And as you record live, unlike most most albums nowadays, uh, the whole vibe has to be there and it has to be perfect. you got you got to have a perfect take where... Each musician and the singer yeah. are doing their best. They're on it, yeah. If one of them is not there, then you got to do another take. Yeah. So that and is Elvis
0: actually really didn't mind if there were mistakes. He said, "No, no, I had a good, I had a good vocal take on that one."
1: we'll keep it you <laughs> like um, the other
0: thing i mean he also asked the band their opinion often they'd finish a take and he said i like that what did you
1: guys think and they'd say yeah no it was good i was think good. and you can hear the way he plays the guitar it sounds like part of a band it yeah certainly, like, certainly. Uh, um it doesn't sound like is a uh, a singer with a band they, yeah. they do sound connected which is pretty cool
0: um, I mean, tracks five and six, I, I, the only thing I had to note about them was listen to the electric guitar, because over those two tracks, um, the, the, on track five, the guitar plays these little staccato chords, and staccato, for anyone who's, who doesn't know, is playing um, short, sharp notes. It doesn't necessarily mean loud. It's just like, uh, you know... They if you're don't playing... last for... No, so if you go to be, yeah. it'd
1: be... Yeah, they that,
0: stop quickly. That, you know, yeah. stop quickly. Yeah. You rest them, and the guitar is doing this wonderful little thing. And it's so hard to hear; it's so low in the mix, uh, or, or he was stood far back for this song. Yeah, he
1: was,
0: yeah. <laughs> and it then um, track back. six as well. The, ga- the jazz guitar. There's a lovely um, bit of jazz electric playing in there, which is really track good. Track six. Uh, just because.
1: Just because. Like.
0: Yeah. Um, and tutti yeah, frutti. It's track a fast-paced oh, country, isn't we'll it? Just, just because. because yes. it's, no, I was just yeah.
1: saying. Again, you have the country element there. I mean you might even uh, say it's not country, but I can hear country music. In I the
0: think world. there's country. Uh, I think all Pretty the fast paced yeah. songs have some country influence yeah. in them. You can hear whether the train groove. From, yeah. And it's part of the drums, part of the acoustic guitar, yeah. part of the electric guitar. Yeah. But yeah. And Tutti Frutti is track seven, which is actually a little richer cover. Again, Elvis tipping his hat to his favorite black musicians and saying, thanks for this song. I think I'll cover it. Um, that's a good cover as well. Um the other songs I mean I don't really have to say anything have much to say about the others I really love his vocal performance on Blue Moon he sings oh, really man. high that's, on that one, and, and that's, that's a s- beautiful that's song. That's a
1: standard song that's so, song that's been there's been recorded. Yeah, and, many and many
0: again, put his own. It's stamp not on
1: easy it. to to pick a song like that and make it a special, make it yeah. more special than it already is. And yeah. He, wow, yeah. brilliant album. I mean, it has changed the course of music
0: history. Yeah. And it really has. I mean, this is what Keith Richards had to say about it. Mm. It's like the world went from black and white to Technicolor. Wow. After having heard the album. Wow. Um, and again, I know we had Elvis before this album, but let's consider this Elvis's first stamp on music. Yeah. John Lennon said, before Elvis, there was nothing. <laughs> Which we, we know there was stuff. There was some great jazz <laughs> yeah, going and about. and
1: Elvis wouldn't agree with no, that. yeah,
0: we know that there's great. Yeah. But I mean, that's, for, for John Lennon, the lead singer of the most famous pop band in the world. Yeah. It does kind of mean something. It does. Because music was quite specialised, wasn't it? There was big band stuff, there was jazz, there was blues. I wouldn't say much of those stuff were pop or accessible.
1: But if you're a true rocker like John Lennon, there was nothing before Elvis. That makes a lot of sense because that's rock and roll. And John Lennon, especially in his early years as a songwriter... He was 100% rock and roll, <laughs> nothing more, you know. No, definitely and And, yeah, so there's nothing before Elvis in that sense. You know, I, I do think, um, I have to say, I do think Chuck Berry deserves to be called the king of rock as well.
0: Chuck I Berry's don't... nickname is the Godfather of Rock and yeah, Roll. But... And Elvis is the King of Rock and Roll. Oh, Do you so think no, it should be the other way around? No,
1: I didn't. Oh, that's funny because I, I didn't know that. Yeah. So, so that Berry... makes sense.
0: Yeah. But Chuck Berry was the Godfather of Rock and Roll, and Elvis is the King of Rock and Roll. If you consider Do you feel that those titles
1: are okay? They are okay, as long as you consider that the Godfather's as important as the King. So I'm that's fine it. with that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So I believe it makes a lot of sense. Really? But...
0: Well, that's the thing that's a good yeah. place to end the episode. Um, again, it's yeah. a short album. Um... But you, you just go and listen to it, because it's fantastic. and th- it's th- all there. Def- yeah, as Elvis you Elvis is there. Elvis like- is there, <laughs> and he's presenting most music that led up to that moment in one concise album. And I think that's so important, because another quote I read, or something they mentioned on this TV thing, was that in those days, the youth of America, be them black or white, they didn't have any music to associate themselves with. There was nothing new coming out. You know, the World War II generation, they had big band, they had jazz. The ones before that had blues, but the generation afterwards didn't have anything. So for there to be a new genre of music called rock and roll that came out when they were teenagers, that was something that all the kids could get behind.
1: And, you know, the post-war period where Europe was in a terrible economic uh, collapse. Yeah, you know, and America was booming. Yes, so that was the time for America to establish itself as the the most important or the most influential country
0: yeah.
1: in in the Western world. And, and Elvis was the face of.
0: Pop music, of and rock, pop and roll, music yeah. and rock and roll, yeah. Because let's not forget, we've also got Motown and soul coming out yeah. of America as well, but different parts of the country. But but he think, was the king. Yes, but he was the king.
1: <laughs> um, um, is, there, is, there, is there any way you want to sum up this album? Any final words you want to say about uh, it? Yeah, what I want to say is, I think Elvis is one of those iconic characters that everyone knows. And we were talking about this, we it's like about this. Lady Di or the Queen or 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 um, Frank Sinatra, or Sinatra or you know. Um, he got some some iconic faces that every person on yeah. earth or on the Western world at least would recognize. Elvis is one of those because he was an actor, he he, he could dance and he, he was really good with the interviews, great sense of humor. So he was a strong character that everyone loved. But you go back to this album and remind yourself that he always started with music.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, yeah. you know, he became Brilliant. the king of pop culture and rock but elvis the musician it's there right at the beginning right, right at again. the first album yeah.
0: and it's really good brilliant well great to end there man I, one thing i just want to say is my my take on this album because i think it's such an important album is that for me this album was a bridge between two hugely different cultures in a time where the division and segregation of those cultures was so um obvious really to say yeah. that it was there was an obvious divide so for an album by a white person to be the bridge i think was so important black lyrics and black music presented and executed by a white man yeah that wasn't that wasn't normal for those times well, so, and, and, and it's so important that it got out there and that both communities enjoyed it
1: which means that music is a stronger than than politics than politics yeah. And, yeah. and
0: musically i mean elvis was allowed the freedom and control to implement the music and the style that he wanted on each of those songs. He knew that he loved that song that Carl Perkins did, so he wanted to take it and put his own twist on it. Um, and his exposure to the black culture fueled his love for the black gospel, the soul, the RB music. And essentially, his music was allowed to thrive and become white man's rock and roll thanks to his exposure to the black community's yeah. music that he'd listened to and spent so much of his time listening to. And there, you have a new genre of music,
1: essentially. So, in in like, doesn't matter what you think about this album, or if you believe that Elvis got even better albums, but this one was iconic. And I, I don't, did change yeah. I don't course. think we'll
0: talk about a more important album in in rock and roll history. In
1: rock and roll, no. Yeah, no.
0: and, I, and the, when I say thing. rock and roll. We mean rock and roll, rock the music and roll. genre. There might yeah. be an important album in heavy metal that we talk yeah. about. Or there's a distinction between blues. rock and
1: rock and roll. Yeah. Right? So we talk about rock yeah. and roll. That's the In the, the one. musical
0: genre of rock and roll, this is without a doubt the most important album because it created the damn thing. That's it why, did, yeah. yeah. But anyway, guys, right. Thank you very much for tuning into another episode. Um, we hope you've enjoyed it. As usual, you can find us on our socials. Uh, we are at Pod on Instagram and Twitter and you can search the long live rock and roll podcast on facebook and youtube if you're using an apple podcast we'd really love a review because it helps us on the charts and it helps us with the algorithms and get seen more Um, but anything you can anything you'd like to like and share and subscribe to would be greatly appreciated so thank you very much from me
1: yeah thanks for following us thanks for being with us again and i hope you enjoyed the show and uh you know stay tuned check all the information we have available for you but for now Uh, Laz and Philippe are going to leave the building. So keep on rocking everyone.
0: And as usual, long live rock and roll.